Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Sports boys with you today, uh, and uh, because I can see the future and I know how a calendar works, uh, this pod is coming out on a very auspicious week. Uh, it's the week the NBA season returns, and as we sit here from our time traveling perch, where where we are. We are seeing the future. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, what we're excited about for for the league coming back. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if anybody else has has something that they want to kick off with, but I, I have been getting back in the swing of things and and soaking up on. Um, the the sinking ship now known as x um kind of the first uh training camp practices and, and media availabilities from the pelicans um and willie green talking about uh putting the ball in brandon ingram's hand more and using zion as a screener uh, because i didn't know this until like yesterday um in terms of points per possession where the main action is you screening uh zion is like a top five screener in the league already hmm is like four games played or (laughs) no no this was last year okay um I mean, yeah, and also I think that's good because there's there would be a lot of instances of him being stationary during the game, and he's less likely to get hurt when he's not moving. And as an add-on, very likely to hurt other players inadvertently, but absolutely just house them. Now that'll be that'll be interesting how that changes when midseason they're underperforming and they figure out a way to trade Brandon Ingram. But I'll look forward to watching that for the first part of the year, and you know up until December 31st when they're first in the league and then January 31st when they are not that at all. Well, that's a very tight window between that, you know, late December point when they will have one of the best records in the league and presumably the early January point where they will both be, where both Zion and Ingram will be injured again. Mm-hmm. So you really yeah. got to get out while the getting's good. Yeah. Um, so are you just not allowing yourself to envision a world where Zion, Zion's healthy all year? Oh, I mean, well, so here's the thing. Even the, I think even the best case for him being like, quote unquote, fully healthy is like he will never play more than 65 games. Um, So I don't know. Uh, I am. I. 
I'm not like not letting myself hope for better. I am mm-hmm. absolutely uh, stealing myself for the possibility that that will be the case. Uh, but, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of, you know, not being too results focused. And, and I, I will I will defend to the death no matter no matter how this all shakes out. Um, Zion was the right pick and sticking by him was the right move. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I'm happy with it. However, it turns out when he's played, he's been extremely fucking cool. And that to me, like the the organization is just like not plainly not doing the things that you need to do to like to be a smaller market team that is being aggressive and trying to reach the highest heights like they are perfectly happy to kind of flame out in the first round of the playoffs and stay under the luxury tax so like within that framework i kind of have to just go with the flow and and accept that like i have to have a different bar for like what constitutes success yeah and what you've described there is like you have a team that is your favorite and and you are obviously going to follow them and you are very much involved and i think um and i'm glad you mentioned the spending of money because this is (laughs) this is going to lead to something that i think is is our topic today which is i am very interested in what teams you all feel like you are going to follow this year separate from the ones that you traditionally do i've been thinking about this exercise and i've really been thinking about what are some awesome things that i'm looking forward to and i think just to set the scene for people that maybe you're like what am i to do I, i'm not gonna i don't want to watch that much nba but there will be games on and it will be cold or dark and you might want something to do so i'm glad you mentioned the money because we live in a new era of of nba spending where there is a stricter cap an upper limit of the cap they call them aprons but for purposes here it is harder to spend a bajillion dollars like the warriors did and not uh incur a lot of penalties but also the floor has effectively been raised a lot there are some there's some rules now about like when you have to spend a certain amount of money and what that results in is you have stuff like Dylan Brooks signing a very large deal for the Rockets and he's he's worth a lot he is i concede that he is a good player he's an annoying person and i don't really enjoy watching him for that but like he has value so there are a lot of teams who are like huh why did they do this and it's like well they have to spend money now and what i think that that's turned into is i look at lists of teams that i'm interested in following and basically all of them have someone they've had to spend a lot of money on. So we are in, in an age where all the teams are spending, maybe not trying to win, but they have people you've heard of. And we're also on this precipice of not too long from now, they're going to add two more teams to the NBA. And what that means for you as a viewer is there is so much talent out there. There, This is every year for the last few years, maybe forever, like, this is the most talented this league has ever been. It is so talented that they can add two more teams and it will still be at a very high level of competitiveness. And I think that is awesome. And so I'm very excited for, for among others, three teams I have written in my notebook here. But I'm interested about 
what teams you all are excited to follow. Well, do we want to do this as like, do we want to sort of formalize this into like a kind of draft style experience or do we want to be a little more loose and flowy with it? We can be loose and flowy. flowy. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so, I mean, I did a lot of preamble there, but, but Kevin, we had this prompt. Was there a team that initially jumped out to you? I know that you and Sean have a shared one, so maybe let's, we can, we can do that one next, but like separate from that, I'm, I'm interested in yours. Well, it, it's kind of the the low hanging fruit in some ways, but I, I think that the first two months of the season, the the Giannis and Dame, they're gonna just go on a rampage and say we're gonna beat every team by fifty. Like I don't know if they're gonna have. I, I worry about their depth in the playoffs, but I just think that Dame is gonna come out on a mission and they're gonna start the season like twenty five and five and. I- I, you can yeah. you can check me on this, but like for kind of an advanced metric situation, but also if you looked at it, Damian Lillard was, I think, the best offensive player in the league last year when he played on a terrible team. You know, he's not a defender, but was phenomenally good at a fairly late age last year. And there's no reason to expect a, a drop off because he sat out the last month or so of the season. So I, I hear you. I, I disagree that 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 means necessarily that there is no reason to expect a drop off. He is still very old and, you know, eventually this stuff all falls off a cliff. But his game is not one that is predicated on like explosiveness and athleticism. He doesn't suffer from the Russell Westbrook problem. And so like that is probably the best hope. I, I had them on my list too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think at some point uh, we will have to ask the question, did the acquisition of Damian Lillard as uh, another reliable offensive weapon and particularly as one that can shoot from range, they didn't have that in hefty supply in Milwaukee before, um, does that outweigh the reasonable questions they have raised for themselves by thinning their depth and sending away their best defender who who wound up at an Eastern conference rival anyway. Um, but <laughs> you are, you are right, Kevin, the first part of the season in particular, I think it will all just be like flamethrower rampage and it will be super fun to watch. If yeah, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the teams with the big names, it's just like oh, like with the Suns, it's like how many games are all of their stars going to play at the same time? But like the storyline of the Bucks are going to be the two best players are playing every night and tearing them up. The Suns better hope the answer to that question is most or all of them, because the rest of that roster looks like a sort of mid-level G League team. Keep in mind that their their starting center rotation right now is Portland's from the last few years. <laughs> Do you know who that is? And the answer is you don't. You may know who jo- uh, Joseph Nurkic is, but that's not good. Uh, and then they also have his backup, which I believe is Eubanks. Or in any case, it's not good. And I would, the point about Damian Lillard, not that it's that important, but his age and his miles, keep in mind that he played like 
I don't know, two thirds of a season last year, maybe not that much. And he basically missed the whole year before he has not been in the playoffs in a while. So he is old. That is undeniable. Um, except for LeBron father time always wins. Uh, but he does not have as much mileage as you would expect. Um, so it's, Hmm. it's an interesting test case for what mileage means in this day and age. So all right, let's move on. All right, moving on. Uh, what's the t- tell me about the team that you both are, you know, uh, arc and eyebrow at? Well, it seemed like we had different reasons because I would love to see what a healthy, both physically and mentally, Memphis Grizzlies team would look like. The issue is that I don't know if we're going to get either one of those. Uh, yeah, the, what you were alluding to, Pierce, is that I made a whole separate list that was all like it was sarcastic answers to the question, um, and mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies are very high on that list because I, I just you know I, I don't I don't think it is a question uh, right now. There is no reason to believe that it is a question of whether Ja Morant will find a way to top his uh, last year foolishness. Right now, all of the available evidence, I I think, suggests that it is a question of when and how he will do so. And, like, I, I, I don't know. In some ways, I am interested in that team. I'm more interested in that team from a basketball perspective without him uh, because you know Jaron Jackson seems uh, like he is continuing to grow into like a terrifyingly good big man and so like having another stretch where he is the focal point of the team will actually be really cool um, but just from a, a drama what the hell is going to happen perspective like memphis yeah kind of a must watch yeah i i want to come back to the the jaron jackson point but kevin uh, you what what intrigues you about the grizzlies i i i guess it's that if if they were to be able to play to their potential i think they they might have the best roster in the league top to bottom like we've got with with Marcus Smart and I don't know, Derek Rose maybe can win you one of those random Tuesday night games and during the regular season. Um, it's just like it's an interesting combination of point guards they have on our team. If Derek Rose sees the floor, I don't really know. Um, Brandon Clark was also really good his rookie year and he was hurt all of last year. Um, I think Desmond Bain was also pretty hurt last year. Um, but uh, if they just, they're, roster is just stacked and i think that they would be a lot of fun to watch if 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 they have all the pieces yeah they do they are coming off a lot and of something injuries. new and St- steven adams who i you know as as we know no one wants to fight steven adams you should always put him on your team that is wise um he is coming back from injury as well I, I, they will probably take some time to to ramp up maybe not so much jaron jackson because he has been playing this summer and to your point sean I would love to see him do really well. 
One thing that came to fore in the last couple months with his Team USA action, so you had Anthony Edwards, who was clearly the star there, and recently he talked about, I thought this was so fascinating. He said that in draft workouts, keep in mind that when he was drafted, he was the number one pick. The Warriors have the number two pick. Steve Kerr told him, even if we had the number one pick, we would not pick you. And what he challenged him there, and Edwards has been talking about this, he said, you know, you should work harder. And he's like, I'm working as hard as I can. He said, no, you need to work harder. And he said that has fueled him and he's corrected that. And he went with his trainer and he's been working harder. And I think that there was some reaffirmation this summer with Steve Kerr being like, he's the guy. I mean, that was the thing that he said at, at, for Team USA is like, Anthony Edwards is the guy. He is great. And so seeing this growth, and the reason I say it about Jaron Jackson is Jaron Jackson was told, hey, man, you can't foul so much. You don't have to block every shot. And Jackson was uh, during this summer with Team USA from Kerr and the coaches. And his response is, yeah, they're telling me this, but that's just who I am. That's what I do. And so it's interesting to see this comparison of Anthony Edwards responding to this coaching, I think reaching this next level, which is really cool. And Jaron Jackson is like, he he's being asked to change his DNA in a lot of ways. And he needs to do that, I think, to stay on the floor so that I think Memphis can get to the next level. So I'll be interested to see if that kicks in this year. But I don't know, it really... I'll be watching for that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, Pierce, let's have a team from you. Okay. So what if I told you that there is a team with seven players under 23 years old on it, and they are all lottery picks, and I'm very excited for them? Who do you think I'm talking about? I already Oh, interesting. Do, do you? Do you know? Uh, there, and this there... is a team I... There are two that I could think of that it would possibly be. Oklahoma City. Yeah. So that's the guess, and I am excited for Oklahoma City. But it's, is I it Detroit? I'm going to take a flyer, <laughs> and this is why I wanted the digital soundboard. I want the Detroit basketball in right here because. Hey. And and I start so I started looking at it, and and I think last year there was a lot of excitement for them. And now they have even more players that are under 23 years old in lottery picks. And I am excited to see, you know, Kate Cunningham. He was injured most of last year, taking a step, being a leader. Um, Jaden Ivey being cool and fast. Um, as as I learned, uh, 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 Isaiah Stewart, Stewart Isaiah, was a Isaiah. consensus top five recruit in the country. Yeah. In the same year as James Weissman, who is now there and will be there for a full year. I mean, Killian Hayes is there as like a backup point guard. That's really cool. They have one of the um, Thompson twins. They drafted Osser. Um, and Monty Williams is their coach, and he's getting paid $10 million a year. He's there. This is a commitment. They they are going to grow, and that is exciting. I want to watch it. And you skipped one. Isn't, isn't Marvin Bagley there, too? So Marlon, Marvin Bagley is 24 years old. He is the old man wow. of the crew. Okay. Yeah. It is it is interesting that like they are they are like a test case for the question does talent win out? Yeah. yeah. You do there is a point where maybe you have too much. 
But Oklahoma City, uh, we, I don't really want to talk about them as, as much because we all know why they're exciting. And if you don't, like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and the Williams Jalens are, are reasons to watch. But like this is a similar model, except all of these people are lottery picks, which is different than how Oklahoma City does it. So there may be some ego there, but that's where you have Monty Williams. Plus a, and, plus a Bogdanovich and Joe Harris now. And your veteran leadership, which is which is I, I don't know. I'm gonna watch them and hope they they do well. But that's one where I will happily follow. And to think about blowouts, very good candidate for blowouts. And even in blowouts, you will learn a lot from them. So OKC, just while we're while we're on the subject, um, uh, like they actually made my sarcastic list too, um, because I, the question that I, I don't think we've been able to like definitively answer for them for you know the last year or two um it, largely because of injuries like especially chet holmgren uh missing his entire rookie season um are they actually trying to win games now are they are they trying to do that yet i don't think we really know so i will say i think it will the yeah i think that they will um, would also say, I don't think they're ro- I think that their roster on the last day of the season will look very different than the beginning and not because of injuries, but just because they have all these picks, all these exciting young players. If they want to win, they let them go and or, or they can let them go for someone maybe more impressive. And I would also add like this really small, weird thing, but I, I was reading about it. Um, uh, Vasily. Mitchich, um, I may have pronounced it wrong. Um, that is a two-time EuroLeague champion and uh, MVP of the EuroLeague that was drafted in 2020 um, by Oklahoma City. And he decided that now he's going to play for them and signed a three-year contract. So this is like arguably their most <coughs> experienced player and like a, a champion and a leader. So he's coming over. I will be very interested to see how that works because now you've got a mix of Lots of young people. Yeah. Gilgis Alexander is now a, a veteran and probably wants to win. And I think you're, you ride with that. I mean, having a stockpile of assets that they ultimately do nothing with has been the flow state in Oklahoma City for like five years now. Like yeah. they've been well, sitting on this also... gigantic mountain well, of stuff and keep, you know. Probably depends on Chet. Because like last year he got hurt, and I think that's when they were like, "Well, all right, let's punt again." Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it'll be so. And that's why I think that there there will probably be a lot of changes, but it might be doubling down on on winning, and I I think that's exciting. But Pistons, that's my that's going to be my hopeful like hopefully this works type of thing. Okay, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City will work. Uh, all right, Kevin, what do you have next? Um, I, I think, I guess it's, it's sarcastic in a way, but like, I am incredibly interested in just how bad the wizards are going to be <laughs> and tuning in to see, you know, how many times Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma get in a fight, like in a, in a huddle every, uh, every game. I think that like, I looked back at like, people always joke about the Andre Blatch, days of the wizards no they won like you, 19 games you joke about the andre blatch days no one else talks about the andre blatch days because that is a form of mental illness 
Well, if you look at the roster, that was, they had some guys. They had like Gilbert Arenas and Karan Butler on the team, and they won 19 games. So if that's like... <laughs> They, this team might not win ten. Uh, like I, I, to Pierce's opening monologue, like they have to. You have to pay players, but that doesn't mean you have to spend your money wisely. And um, yeah, it's a team built on Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, and it's going to be a disaster. One of them is probably going to get traded for Kyrie Irving halfway through the year. <laughs> it's just going to be. Like, it's going to be a disaster of a season, and like the team has been middling or like oh maybe we could sneak into the to the uh play-in game or like oh maybe we can be a, a, a get to the first round and now it's just like no we're just gonna be bad it's finally it, it, it's actually more fun to pay attention in that regard yeah so who is their who is their lottery pick this year uh geez who did they take anyways their last three before oh, this were... do they get anthony black from Arkansas? No, they got no. they got Koulibaly. They oh. they have Koulibaly who played with. Well, anyways, so they have someone who a lot of questions are raised could be really good, but we really don't know. There are three picks before that were Johnny Davis, who did not play last year on a bad team, uh, Corey Kispert, who is not very good, and no, Denny of pretty uh, good last year. Well, on a bad team, uh, I, I don't like. Maybe people are excited about him, but then it's Denny uh, Avidia who is probably also bad and now is is in year four a lot of the people on the pistons i talked about for the people drafted in the 2020 draft this is really big because this is their fourth year and if they haven't already signed an extension or even if they have like a lot of the future permutations of how their lives as nba players work come down to this season so i don't feel good about the wizards they are worse than they were last year and they were bad and they were bad yeah and Tyus Jones is probably going to, like, he's... Why is he, he there? He hasn't been on great teams before, but he's at, at least been on teams that, like, were maybe trying to try, and I think he's in for... Yeah, I think he's in for a tough time. I don't want to root for Tyus Jones, but Sorry, I was he not on the get off that team. Was he not on the Grizzlies last year? He was on the Grizzlies, yeah. yeah. But that, that, was, that was circumstantial of where the season went. It wasn't like a, he was actively on the team that was trying to be terrible oh no I'm, I'm just i'm responding to you saying that he hasn't been on good teams oh sorry when I mean, he was on he was on minnesota and you know he's eh, been or, okay yeah yeah that's fair um so all right bit of a joke but interested to see where it goes all right um here's one that i'm i'm sort of curious about um can you think of a team maybe been on the other side of some big blockbuster trades or, or one big blockbuster trade in particular uh, in the last year. I can think of one that I'm interested in seeing what they do. Uh, that would be the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah. I think that's a, I think I really, that's a good one. I really like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson has yeah, been yeah. very good. Uh, neither of those guys makes more than like 25 ish million dollars which is a lot by any standard except the standard of american professional athletes uh, or professional athletes in general um and cam thomas is fun because every once in a while he'll just go nuts and score 43 games in a row 
Uh, and because, I, you know, I'm ready to get hurt again. I, I, well, I here comes optimism. I no no no. I, I should be very clear. I am not optimistic about the answer to this question at all. But I am ready once again to ask the question of whether it is possible for Ben Simmons to start over and rediscover himself as something very different than what we all thought he was going to be when he got drafted first overall. Um, but like, I, I don't know. Just like, unless, unless he is just totally and irreparably mentally broken. And like, it is possible that that is on the table. Going to the process Sixers is an occupational hazard like that. Um, but like, unless that is the case, there's not really any reason why he couldn't be an effective component of like a fun team. If he starts having some fun again and is like zipping passes mm -hmm. all over the court and playing good defense, like he, he could really have, I mean, he, he's a guy who I think, the sort of uh, redemption arc, the Derrick Rose redemption arc is super duper on the table for him if he is able to do that. And I think everyone's rooting for it, except for Sixers fans. <laughs> and, and, and that's the okay. Jenners. That means everybody is right, except for. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I hope I hope he can. I hope he can find joy. I, I feel should, like that would go. I just don't like their jerseys. I can't watch. I can't, I can't watch them. Well, just listen to them on the radio. Then it okay? just feels you can still like, get excited. <laughs> it just it just feels like you're watching TV in 1950. You don't know that those yeah. jerseys aren't neon yellow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and also Nick Claxton is there, and he is very springy and blocks a lot of shots. So that's cool. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if he's gotten a contract extension yet, but. Anyone should give him a lot of money, I think. Um, yeah, I will note that they were the Nets were pretty bad in the back half of last year, but um, that doesn't mean this won't work. So I'm I'm excited too. Um, if, if I may present a like serious a, a, a serious one and and one that goes hmm they could they could uh, they could be really good, um, continue an upward tra trajectory or fall on their face this year uh the cleveland cavaliers um i had forgotten that ricky rubio is still still there he was hurt for a while and it was coming back at the end of last season but they still have donovan mitchell and darius garland and evan mobley and jared allen which that's you know really awesome um they also brought in max Struess. they brought in george Nyang. um is kind of three you know not I don't know about the D part, but definitely three people. I think George Niang plays some defense. Um, and also they have people who are new to the team that that might be interesting to us. Made a very smart move. Ty Jerome is there on a contract, I believe. He deserves it. Uh, it should be said he deserves to be a, a, a rotational guard. Um, and they also drafted Amani Bates, which 
I think will be, I hope that works out for him. Speaking of someone who needed to, to reset and, mm-hmm. and change up their career. But this is a team that was yeah. extremely good last year and then got absolutely waxed by the Knicks in the first round of the playoffs. How do you come back from that? Are you? I, I want to follow them, but are you excited to see it or does the regular season not matter to you for them? Yeah, I think that the, the Bates draft pick was like a really good one for them because they're past the point of like they're just taking gambles. Like if he happens to, you know, be what he was supposed to be coming out of high school, then that'll be a great addition to their team. But like anything, any like normal thing you'd get at that pick range isn't really going to, you know, help their direction. They need, they would need like more veterans. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised that they got, you know, they got beat by the Knicks. I think most people were, but they were a team like I wanted to watch a bunch last year, but it just, you know, I don't know. I, I I tend to really only watch the games that are nationally televised, and I, I'm thinking I'll change that this year. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for them too. The tricky thing I think is that I I would say if you are going to watch this team, watch them early, because I think mm-hmm. there is a very real possibility that two of their best four players will not finish the season with the team. It's um, a fair point. Jared Allen, I, I don't know. I, I was sort of stunned that they didn't move him in the off season. Um, and, and like, I think that is going to happen. And if it doesn't, particularly if it doesn't progress forward, um, I think they're on is Donovan Mitchell going to pull a superstar card and try to get out watch. And I I don't, I don't think it is a lock at all that he closes the season as a Cav. No, that's, that's been discussed and I'm looking at his, his contract um, right now. Cause I, I think that'll, that'll play into it because I think with the, the Cavs, their future is, Darius Garland for sure. He's yep. locked up for a while. And Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is is a generational talent that, that was was kind of he he was plateaued last year, but his rookie year he was spectacular. I would expect he'll make a leap. I mean, he had to get used to, you know, new players. So he actually has a player option in 25-26. So he ha- he's on the books for this year, 24-25 and then his age 29 year Donovan Mitchell uh, can become a a free agent with a player option. So he's on he's on for two more years for sure. So uh, that would be that would be interesting. But I think that's a team that we were talking about Oklahoma City. What do they want to do? Well, I think the Cavaliers want to win this year. But if they have if they are not looking like they're going to do it, they'll probably cut bait early. And um, yeah. you know they have a cool coaching staff too i i think i knew this but i'd forgotten but uh uh acc famed coach sydney lowe is one of their assistants um which is really cool and i've forgotten yeah so uh, they they'll be like a good like you can you can watch them and seriously go yeah i'm interested in in what they're gonna do and and you know they really need to be a top four seed but the east is tough this year what changes might they make that yeah that's the problem the 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 top the sort of top echelon of the eastern conference 
um, Philly aside, uh, they yeah. made my sarcastic list for a very obvious reasons. Um, you know, Milwaukee got better. Uh, Boston. Uh, they didn't get worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, they probably didn't get worse. There. They're still very good. Um, so, like, there is not <coughs> the the tricky thing for Cleveland is that there is not a whole lot of room for ascension in the standings. Um, so curious about you know how that turns out. Uh, Kevin, do you have one more team uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, um, picking between two. You can go ahead and come back to me if we. Uh, I'll, I'll All right. Try to say which one. Um, made it to uh, you know, quote unquote, the second to last pick in the draft. Um, guys, there's a team that still has Nikola Jokic on it. I just don't know. If you sure gonna you don't try. mean Nikola Jovic? Because I think you want to talk about the team with Nikola Jovic on it, don't you? I mean the big doughy Serbian who won a championship last year as the probably like best and most well-rounded offensive center we've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah. The Nuggets. The Nuggets are really good. Yeah, I they. They don't have Bruce Brown anymore, and I wonder how that will play into things. But I would love to see Michael Porter Jr. Um, ascend into the echelons that we expect of him this year, and to just, just you know, just shoot the ball and make it, or or just drive and dunk on everybody as he did like in one game. It might have even been for just one quarter in the finals this year. Like, yeah, you can do it, Michael. Like, seize it. Yeah, it's. They're going to win a bunch of games. It's going to be what we've seen. Jokic will probably be in the MVP discussion without trying very hard. Uh, I just, it's hard for me to get excited. I mean, I guess I'm thinking most about the regular season when we're talking about this. And like, I don't know what what new things I'm going to see that I haven't already seen. That's, that's fair. There's not a lot of suspense. Um, I just, I approach this from a standpoint of like, you're getting a chance to watch uh, a master artist do his work. And like, that's always at least a baseline of pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the same three made bajillions of times. Now, (laughs) no two of his passes are the same and that's worth, that's worth watching. And, and I think even really wizened, viewers of basketball are still amazed by him and that's that's a good reason to follow as any um all right well the i'll I'll pick the um the indiana pacers oh i'm glad you brought up the pacers kevin tell me about the pacers if you look at their roster it's just like a bunch of short guys like (laughs) relative to nba standards (laughs) and like miles turner (laughs) well and tyrese you want to know who is not is short by positional standards. Well, yeah, by or, positional standards. But just like if you look at their, you know, their top names, they're all kind of like the same height. Um, <laughs> they're probably just going to run up and down the floor. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I think that that whole like Midwest division, all those games are going to just be so fun because we're bringing up a lot of these teams. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how Halliburton does. I think he had... Um, 
if I'm right, I think people were a bit disappointed by how he performed in the uh, in the Team USA uh, things. And um, yeah, Ben Matherin had a big uh, big rookie year, and I think people are hoping that the the second year leap he has a second year leap that Mobley didn't have. Um, and yeah, is Obi was Obi topping on their team last year? Or is he new? No, he he is he is new. He right. is incoming. As is uh, Bruce Brown. Speaking of, of yeah. short sh- short kings, um, but yeah, their most frequent starting lineup last year was Halliburton, Miles Turner, Aaron Nesmith, Buddy Heald, and uh, Andrew Nimhard. And I I looked at that like a bunch of times. <laughs> what like, a fucking this, crazy I was, lineup. Well, I was like, I'm trying to get excited about them because they have top in. They drafted um, Jairus Walker, who should be pretty good, and is and is a bigger fella. Um, they also drafted Isaiah Wong yes, from they added, uh, from of small Miami. Guys, they added yeah, Isaiah they added Wong. two two really cool small guys. So it's different than Detroit because, like Detroit, anything will be awesome. It will be good. the 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 future is bright. With Indiana, they probably need to make the playoffs or at least the play-in, and it'll be a weird fit. Maybe, maybe they want somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Will they finally trade Miles Turner and Buddy Heald to the Lakers? Well, they they have they have to have someone to replace them in. The Miles, Miles Turner is going to be the only NBA player of his generation to play for one team. Oh yeah. God, and it'll be Indiana. That's yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that I think is uh, probably already way more NBA talk than our listeners need anyway. So let's uh, let's call time and and move on to Pierce's sorry. Uh, I was reminded uh, right before we started recording today that um, recently i have i have softened on this to so to to certain to certain can, uh, cats out there really just kevin's cat um i am i am giving in that that some cats are okay i i'm usually like a person that's like i feel about cats the way i do about unopened bivalves like you can tell me that this one will be different and that it's fine but i really shouldn't interact with that at all um so but you know, I recently was staying with Kevin and and had ultimately a good time with with Ollie. And so I at least in this instance, I am accepting that not all cats are bad. So I want to extend an apology really just to your cat, Kevin. Um, other cats are still on my list, but uh, I have at least softened in this one instance of of cat to human interaction. Yeah, it certainly wasn't. I, I, mean, I guess I felt the same way, but Julia you know, just really wanted a cat and, um, and somehow he ended up liking me better. So, uh, you know, I guess that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> It'd yeah, be your own yeah, people. Definitely a male per Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we don't have trivia this week, so we'll close out with a big idea from pop culture and, uh, NBA is, is relevant, uh, to this. Um, I, I will be spoiling, uh, an episode of uh, I, I will consider spoiling an episode of the new podcast Pablo Torre finds out um, because he has, you know, he's, he's launched a new show. That's part of the whole sort of Lebitard metal arc universe. 
Um, and it's like a there are multiple episodes a week, but the format of one of the episodes each week is like a sort of produced quote unquote investigative type segment that he will then sort of go through with uh often with a guest um and uh Reese just like a week ago um he did uh he, he tried to get to the bottom with the help of Ezra Edelman of OJ Made in America fame um mm. what it was that Jordan Poole said to Draymond Green to uh get his teeth knocked in um i've heard this kevin have, have you heard what it is no right, okay cool here's the review so so this is i i, I was hesitating about spoiling the episode because it's one of, it's probably the best episode of this new show that has been made yet but um we're talking about the nba we're looking you know we're looking forward but it's also good to look back um, and apparently the, the most likely there was not, I don't think ironclad confirmation of it, uh, but at least not on the record, but it is believed that the thing that he did, the pool did, uh, was he called Draymond Green an expensive backpack for 30. So he is a. He is an expensive accessory for Stephen Curry, and and one to go one more layer of the onion, one that has to be carried. Yes, yeah. He stayed up all night thinking of that one. That's for sure. That I like. He didn't go to Michigan, so we know he's smart. He didn't go to is, you know one of those other schools like Michigan State. It is baffling that another team proactively parted with assets to be able to pay Jordan Poole. Like, well, he's well, well, what team, what team parted with assets I know. for Jordan Poole? I know he's, he's in Washington. We, we were talking about this before we started. Kyle Kuzma is the wizard's best player. And that is a problem because they have Jordan Poole, who was on a team with Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and I guarantee, absolutely, without a doubt, believed in his heart and in his cojones that he was the best player there. This is going to be a fucking problem. That is sounds like, the number, sounds like the number one pick to me. No, no, no. You know, you know, no. You know, I, 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 I. You shouldn't punch somebody at work, but if it, if it, if it took Draymond punching Jordan Poole for us to figure out this stuff that Jordan Poole was saying and like realizing like Jordan Poole sucks, um, maybe. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe Draymond really is playing 4D chess. Here's the thing. You you just you know you have to know that yeah. wasn't the first time he said something like that. 
Oh no! I mean, there, there's been other reporting about stuff he was saying about about it, like the pool he was going to buy with his big contract money and everything. And yeah. if you are Jordan Poole and you say stuff like that to Draymond Green that many times, one of like the guy we know at this stage of his career, arguably for his volatility as much as anything else. Um, I'm actually going to have to pull your card on the, well, he went to Michigan, so we know he's smart. Um, that's not smart behavior. That's very stupid behavior. Uh, and that's the kind of thing yeah, where somebody has probably warned, you know, somebody probably warned him along the way. Hey, man, if you keep doing this, Draymond might sock you in your grill. Maybe it would be better to say, we know he's he's good at thinking, but maybe not thinking smartly. Sometimes you fuck around and find out. He, he done did. Yeah. He done did. Um, all right. That's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next time to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Kevin. Happy NBA season. Thanks for listening.